Episode 69, Helen Abeles. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And this week, I'm chatting with my friend, Helen Abeles. Helen is a life coach and coaches women to stay calm, find a schedule that works for them, and feel good about themselves. She works individually in her clinic or on Skype, as well as in groups and has many workshops around Israel. Helen is also my accountability partner. We meet every Thursday and discuss our business goals, struggles, and successes. What I love most about chatting with Helen every week is her incredibly calm demeanor and the fact that nothing seems to rattle her. I could have a terrible week, but she always sees the sunny side of things and helps me through it. The reason I wanted to bring Helen on the show today, well, there are a few reasons, but mainly sometimes people on the road to organization, zero waste or a new career, or someone who just has a general shift in their circumstances, they lose their way. And I thought it would be great to chat with Helen so you could see about getting how to get back on the right path. Welcome, Helen Abeles. Thanks so much, Rebecca. It's very exciting to be here today. And um, I'm Rebecca's biggest fan. I love, I took her <laughs> Conquer Your Clutter course, and um, she's really helped me to uh, deal with all the clutter in my life and my home. And I'm very excited today to be able to speak a little bit about life coaching and how to help people, how I help people with my job as well. Excellent. So why don't you explain to us what exactly is the difference between life coaching and therapy? Right. That's a very good question. Um, So typical, you know, traditional therapy was people would come to you and they would come to their therapist and they would talk about their childhood and they would talk about their past and they would be going for years to to their psychotherapist and they would, it would help them to understand why they are the way they are. So life coaching, on the other hand, is much more about what do we want to make changes? It, we do look a little bit about the past and what hasn't worked, but the main focus is on how to make changes for the future. So it's really exciting work. It's much more short-term than traditional therapy, which could be for years. This is more like months. And you set goals, and then you work towards those goals. So it's really cool because you see changes quite quickly. That's amazing. Life, life coaching is really great and it can be life changing because it works. It actually works. I see the changes that my clients make and it's really exciting. Helen, tell us how you help people find the courage to conquer their challenges in life. Like if they want to get organized or start a new career or what, is, what does it look like? What does the conversation look like when you're talking to someone about building up the strength to make things happen in their lives. Faced with challenges, to know where to begin, how to even begin to solve it or to work towards a goal. I think people find it hard doing it on their own. And that's the beauty of coming to a life coach is because for that hour a week, you um, 
discuss it and you get real clarity from going over it with a life coach, someone outside of your life, not your mum, not your sister, not a friend, not a neighbour, not your husband, just someone outside of your life who has uh, no judgment on you, who can just hear you, what you want to achieve and, and help you to get real clarity on where you want to go, what your goals are. And it's amazing because, um, because you have that hour a week to go through and discuss your challenges, um, you really move forward very quickly because normally in our life, we don't have an hour a week to discuss our challenges. We maybe right. have a five minute conversation here and there, but we don't spend that time trying to move forward. And it's really exciting because the way I work is we discuss um, what the challenge is, we make our, the goals, and then we set homework for that week, what you're going to work on to move you towards your goal in the coming week. And so there's always movement. And because they have to report back to me in the following week, it kind of pushes them even more to achieve their goals and so you see movement you see change and it's exciting work it's uh, it really works basically so that's amazing yeah. i know that being accountable to somebody else is is a big part of um, what i tell people in organization that it's important to always have right. a partner but i definitely see the value of having the coach who who has you know the responsibility of really being honest with you and laying all the cards out on the table and saying to you, you know, this is X, Y, and Z. And other people don't always have that, you know, ability to be honest with us in the same way. So that's, that's a benefit to having a coach, but also that you help them reach their goal by making tasks and a plan and, and a roadmap, if you will, to get them through the process. Absolutely. That's, that's the beauty of it is that you, it's, it's very clear what they need to work on for the next week because we come up with a plan at the end of each session. It's very clear. And, um, and it's not that I put the tasks, the homework on them. We discuss it together. So we come up together with what homework, what's realistic um, that you can move forward in this week. So it's, 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 it's great. It really works. So it's collaborative. It's collaborative, exactly. Okay. What do you say to the people who feel like, you know, I've followed all the right steps in my life. I've done everything the way that I always learned I was supposed to do. And I still feel miserable. I'm unhappy. I don't see the positive to anything around me. And, you know, I just, I think that life could be so much better, but I just, I don't know how to get there because it feels like I've already done everything right. Right. That's a, that's a really hard feeling to have. Um, I would say I would work. That's why you come to a coach, <laughs> a life coach to, to, to work through that. And there are things that you can definitely do to increase your happiness level. Things like working on gratitude, but not just, oh yes, I should be grateful of things. Actually, there are exercises that you can do to work on gratitude, to bring joy into your life. There are things I would set like that as a goal, how to be happier. And we would actually do specific activities every week to get help you to get happier, to become to feel more happier. And 
if someone says they, you know, they've done everything right and they've done everything, there's always new things to do. And there's always different ways to do things and different ways to look at things. And I hope that we're always learning and growing. And so, you know, that's the same for, for them. You know, I would say there's always new things to learn and new ways to be. And there's always hope that you can be happier and, enjoy life more and you should be working towards that you Mm -hmm. know you mentioned gratitude can you tell us some ways that you help people practice gratitude oh yes absolutely so I um there are two ways that I would do it is you can either do at the end of the day you can have like a little exercise notebook by the side of your bed and you can write down uh, five things that you're grateful for today. So as I, they call it like a gratitude journal. Okay. And you write, and it's forcing you to notice things during the day because, oh yes, I need to be able to think of five things to write down at the end of the day. So it's pushing you during your day to notice what you're grateful for. And having done it um, every day for a few weeks, you suddenly notice that that becomes your normal mode of being, that you start noticing things in your day that you're grateful for. And then you can reread at the end of the week your gratitude journal and you can see, wow, I had a really great week. You know, it's, it right. helps people to focus on the good things in their life instead of focusing on things which aren't great. And it doesn't have to be big things. It could be grateful that the cake they bake turned out really well or (laughs) that they had a a nice, fun conversation with their neighbor. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm grateful that my son got 100% in his test. It doesn't have to be major things. It could be, you know, I'm grateful for my neighbor lending me something. You know, it could be little things that you've noticed that you're grateful for. The second thing to do is in the morning. I, I try and do both, to do it at night and in the morning, because those okay. are like pivotal parts of your day, to start okay. off your day right and to finish your day right, is that I speak to God in the morning, and, if, and as I'm speaking to him, I say things that I'm grateful for that day. I, I, I thank him for what I'm grateful for. So I start my day saying I'm thanking him and to be specific, not just, oh yeah, thanks very much, God, but like specific things that I'm grateful for that I know are coming for the, in the coming day, in the, you right. know, in the upcoming day. And so I do it in the morning and I do it in the evening and it's amazing the change it makes. It really, really works. I had, I even did it, I do it with my family as well. Another idea is to, um, I I noticed that some of my kids were always telling me the things which were going wrong in their day and not really telling me anything positive. Okay. So what I started doing is, (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate, um, I started doing at dinner, we have family dinners, we try to most evenings, and I would say, you know, like, during the dinner, I'd say, let's go around and say two things we're grateful for that happened to us today. Oh, we do that on Shabbat. these kids. We do that on Right, you can do it on Shabbat too. Um, 
Right, that's beautiful. It's lovely to do on Shabbat. You could say what you're grateful for for this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we did it. I tried to do it every day, and and it was it was amazing. At the beginning, one specific child of mine could never think of anything to say. That's amazing. He was like, "What? Well, I don't know." There was nothing. And then I and I said to him, well, "Do you remember you had that? You went. You had a play date with a friend, and that was nice. And do you remember this happened?" And I would like give him try and help him to come up with things, and then after a while. He would remind me and say, Mamu, we haven't said our two good things yeah. that have happened today. And it's amazing. I saw the shift in him and how he thought about his day. It really works working on gratitude. Right. It's it true. really works. And it's 100%. fun to do as well. It's funny because when we are driving around, it's a little bit uh, hard to park on the street that we live on. And when we uh, find a parking space, we're always like, Mommy, aren't we so grateful we found a parking space? <laughs> and it's like the kids, <laughs> people who live it in New is. York can relate. Like, you're just so grateful that you found a parking space. And whenever we get close to our street, I'm like, hey, guys, totally. positive thoughts. Totally. We're totally going to find a parking space. And it's amazing that shift you can have when you start to shift from the negative to the positive. <laughs> um. Helen, I want to know, what do you say to the people who say, right, right, absolutely, but it takes work. You have to work on it. Right, 100%. What do you say to the people who don't know how to find their passion in life, either because they feel worried or unhappy or they just feel unclear, like they're waiting for some sign to happen to them. What do you, how do you direct these people who are looking for their tafkid, their mission? Right. And um, that's a good question. And that's, um, I absolutely love to help women to find their passion and their mission in life, their tafkid. And um, I have helped lots of women to do that. And I actually find that it's, it's very common with women who are good at a lot of things that it's harder for them to choose just one thing to do. It's often those women who are, you know, they're very musical and they're very arty and they're good at languages and they're good at this and that. And, that. and so then they find it harder to focus just on one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was, it was always very clear. I'm not so good at everything. I'm, I'm specifically good at listening to people and helping them find their path. So that was so clear to me. So then it was easy. But some of these women who are good at everything then they find it harder so I, I have a, like a, um, a way that I help them to figure it out first and foremost they have to just be open to looking around them asking everyone they meet what job do you do what do you enjoy your job just finding out and researching different professions. I think especially nowadays, there are so many new professions that never even existed 10 years ago. Okay. Content writer and all these things. There are so many different possibilities. And it's also very normal nowadays for people to switch careers. And that's really fine. You know, and it's acceptable and it's normal. And it's good if the career you're in not if that's not working for you, you should find something else. But the way I would start with someone is to get them to write down what they love to do. Just notice what are their favorite parts of the week? What are their favorite parts of the day? What are their favorite things in any job they've ever had? What were the best parts of those 
jobs and just trying to get a picture of what they do enjoy doing and what they and then I would also do a list of their skills what they're good at and try from these looking at these lists of their skills what they're good at and what they love to do trying to figure out what their unique path is because we all have lots of skills but we're not always we don't always it's not always clear to us what those skills are and sometimes we need to work to try and figure out what we're good at what we love to do anyway so I help it's a whole process that I go through like a journey that we go through to try and figure it out because it's if it's not obvious to us which a lot of people is not obvious to you have to kind of work the work on on self-awareness right Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we do it together. And it's fun because they discover things about themselves and they figure it out. And sometimes they're quite surprised at what they figure out. Um, and sometimes they, they just find a hobby becomes their career, something they always love knitting. Okay. And suddenly that becomes a career, something they'd never considered before. They suddenly start teaching knitting or, so, you know, something they hadn't thought right, of. Right. And then that becomes their career. So you just, you just don't know. Anyway, it's really, it's exciting, but you have to work on it and, and do some research. One thing that I really did that helped me a lot when I was looking for my path in life was I asked the people who I loved and respected to list three things, the top three characteristics, character traits about me that they, they loved or they thought were like the most prominent. And that actually really helped me um, not so much find the tough key, but realize that like, I'm kind of a relentless person and I don't really give up. And so like, whatever I decide to do, I can, I can achieve it if I just don't give up. And to me, that was like a big help understanding what other people how other people perceived me also right well that can definitely be part of the journey I think it's a great idea to ask the people in your life who you respect uh, um, you know a former boss a mentor you know a family member a good friend they're, they're people who know you well uh, and in different circumstances that can give you a lot of clarity as well. I think that's a great idea. And that is something I ask my clients to do as well. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Awesome. So what happens when a person finds their tough key, their mission? How do they follow through with you? And how do you help them make a plan to find success or achieve success? Right. So that's, so that's, when it comes into the to when I become more of an accountability coach so then once you've worked out what it is that you want to do the next part of the process is how am I going to achieve that so if you've decided that knitting is your passion and you want to start teaching knitting to the world how do you go about that and we put we work towards a goal so if if the goal is to be teaching it all day every day how to break that down and every week we would set homework how you're going to get work towards that goal okay and um that helps you to stay on track on plan and stay motivated because every week you're coming back to me and we say well what worked what didn't work how can we do it differently how you're going to achieve that goal and um, 
and that's how I work. It, it's yeah, it's great. Sounds sounds good. Um, tell us how you help people prioritize and deal with time better. Right. So this is I also absolutely love to help people with their time management. Um, I what I do like to do is help them to figure out a personalized schedule that works for them. So um, I've made a weekly planner and together we, me and the client fill in what uh, they need to achieve each week. And we try and figure out how you're going, how they're going to use their week to how they're going to plan their week accordingly. And so it, it it's very specific. We work on an actual schedule that is personalized to them. And, um, and then, and then every week the person, the client comes back and said, well, you know, I just don't have time to do all of that on a Monday. I need to spread that out or this worked, this didn't work. And then we adjust it accordingly. And, um, it's amazing. I've seen amazing results with people who were very disorganized and who had a really hard time organizing their time mm-hmm. um, to actually become more organized, have a set time for bedtime, a set a structure in the morning for getting up in the morning. And we figured it all out together. I mean, it takes time to figure all of these little details out. But uh, it's really worth it because it can be really life-changing. Once you have a schedule that works for you, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's life-changing. It's for people who are always struggling with time and always go, oh, my gosh, it's 6 o'clock and I haven't thought about dinner for my kids. And, oh, my gosh, it's 9 o'clock and the kids are still up. You know, for people who those, oh, my gosh, moments, right. um, it doesn't happen when you have a set schedule. And, um, or it happens and less. You don't, it happens less, exactly. And it's, it, it's amazing. It really, it can really change people's lives for the better. Can you share some tools with us about getting over worry, about how to get over worry, especially um, since we're talking about organization on, the, on this podcast? Tell us some, some tools that some of my listeners can employ to overcome the worry when they have to declutter. Right. So I tell you a very good um, tool that I like to use in all areas of my life, but it works really, really well for decluttering is mindfulness. Okay. Because I think sometimes when we want to declutter, say if we want to declutter our playroom, say, and the whole playroom is a disaster, it's very, very overwhelming. So what mindfulness is, is about staying in the moment and not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, just staying in the moment. So with decluttering, that would look like I'm not going to worry about the fact that my playroom in every house I've ever lived in has always been a disaster. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about the future that as soon as I've cleared one drawer, the kids are going to just tip it out and it's going to be a mess again. (laughs) I'm not worrying about that. Okay. I'm just in the moment i'm just thinking about this one drawer i'm only going to deal with the puzzles that's the only thing i'm going to think about right now right now i'm just dealing with this one drawer i'm not going to worry about all the other drawers i have to do still i'm not worried what i haven't done yet i'm just in the moment enjoying 
sorting out this drawer of puzzles and I'm going to make this drawer as perfect as possible. And then when you finish that drawer, you can enjoy it and then move on to the next drawer. But I think when you start looking at the whole playroom as a whole, that can be very overwhelming. But if you kind of cut it down to little chunks of time and, and um, just, just now, I just need to do this one drawer that helps you to deal with the overwhelm. Oh, 100%. Um, yes. I mean, I can, there's lots of other techniques as well that I could talk about. I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but there's, there's obviously deep breathing obviously helps. That was my next situation. question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so before you say that, I just want to say yes. that Helen and I did a uh, workshop together like two years ago for Pesach and we talked right. about deep breathing and I've always sort of known about deep breathing and I think that it's a really useful tool, but when I did it with Helen, there was some, I don't know, like new approach new feeling that I got because Helen is so calm that I just like learned from Helen. And so Helen, I would love if you could actually explain your breathing technique to everybody and when the best time to employ the breathing would be like when you're feeling overwhelmed or just at any old time. Right. So all, so of course I would love to see. So mm -hmm. all the research on stress and anxiety show that um, when we get anxious, we get a reaction in our body. We start to breathe more sh in a more shallow way. We start getting like sweaty palms. We can hit, feel our heart beat, we, you know, and it has, uh, the emotion of anxiety and stress has an effect on the body. And so when we do deep breathing exercises, these also have an effect on our emotions because we're using our body to affect our emotions. We're trying to do the opposite of what the stress affects our body by making us breathe in a shallow way and makes our heart beat fast. So now we're trying to do the opposite and thereby affect our mood, if that's clear to you, I hope. Yeah, answer. Okay, good. And so the way I like to do it is um, you can't do deep breathing exercises when you're in the middle of a panic attack. It won't work. You won't be able to catch your breath. You have to do these breathing exercises before you get to that stage of really deep. No anxiety. return. You do it. <laughs> the yes, place of no return. <laughs> you can't do it, then it's not going to work. You have to do it either. So say, for instance, you know you've got to declutter your playroom and you're feeling, you're starting to feel anxious at just the thought of it. That is the time to start doing a few deep breaths or before you're going into an anxious situation like a, a job interview. Take a few breaths before you go in. Um, and the way to do deep breathing exercises, the way that I teach it, is you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And um, you, I would say like breathe in and count to four and then breathe out and count to four. We can do it now, we can do it now. Everyone who's listening, you can try it out. All right, let's so try let's, it. Let's try it. So breathe in through your nose. One, two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four, and again, in. Two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. 
oh, I love taking deep breaths. Taking feel and so, like feel feel so much better like right away. Oh, straight away yeah. it affect. That's what I'm saying. Taking these deep breaths straight away affects how you feel. And what happens is, is the more you practice doing deep breathing exercises during your day, just any time during your day, then when you're going into a stressful situation and you take a few breaths, then you can, you can quickly get to that mode of feeling calm. Because I, for instance, I practice deep breathing on a regular basis every day when I'm not feeling anxious. So then when I know I'm going to get feel anxious, like I'm just about to do something, then I take a few breaths and straight away I can get into that mode, that calm mode, because I'm used to it and my body is used to going into that mode. So the more you practice it, then the easier it is and the better you get at it. Um, I find it to be really helpful and I actually employ it with my kids and they're like, sometimes they're like, mommy, breathing won't help. And I'm like, no, no, it will help. Just just keep breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Sure enough, it helps. Helen, are there any other tips or tricks that I missed out on asking you that anything else that you think it's imperative that we should know? Um, that's a good question. One thing I would say is that I've, that I've noticed is that, um, a lot of women, um, do not have a lot of confidence and this stops them from achieving everything they want to in their lives. And I really love to help women feel better about themselves. And I think that sometimes as women, we don't even realize that we don't have confidence in ourselves. Or if we do, we don't think we can ever feel better about ourselves. And we kind of just let ourselves off the hook. And I think that they don't realize that by coming to a life coach and working on raising their self-esteem can have a huge impact in their lives. And um, there are really, there are things you can do to feel better about yourself. And I think it's so important that we each try and recognize um, all the skills that we have, all our unique set of talents that each of us has. And, um, And we should use them in our lives in every way. And I think that by women not believing in themselves, they then don't achieve as much as they could achieve. And they're also not setting a great example for the next generation. I would love it that the next generation of girls, our daughters, should feel confident about themselves. And they want to see that, that from their parents, from their mums, that they're confident and feel good about themselves and are using the talent that God gave them to the best of their abilities. And, and so if the next generation can see it, then then they won't be feeling so underconfident. And so um, that's something that we didn't touch on today is, is that you can feel, you can work on raising your self-esteem and feeling more confident. So true. What if we have a child who's really suffering from like a self-esteem issue? Do you think that it's always related to our self-esteem or is it sometimes independent? And what can we do to really, besides for exemplifying, you know, confident behavior to our children, is there anything else that we can do to help them? Well, I think that, um, you know, they say that you shouldn't just say 
blanket praise, sort of like, yeah, you did a great job. If you can be specific about what they did well, like, you know, if they've drawn a picture saying, oh, that's such a lovely picture. If you're more specific and you say, I can see that the way that you, um, you know, cut that out or the way that you specifically chose the colors that match, you obviously have a talent for choosing colors that match. So you, you give it to them. You, you point out to them where their talents are or they've just organized their cupboard and you go, wow, I can see that you're really good at organizing things as opposed to saying, good job. I'm so proud of you. But to actually point out to our kids their skills, actually use those words. I can see that you're really coordinated and the way that you kick the ball shows that you've got really good coordination and that's so amazing. Look what an amazing gift um, God gave you that, you that you can coordinate. You know, And I think pointing out their specific skills to them helps them to recognize them themselves. Very interesting and also true. Helen, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the Journey to Organization podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's been a pleasure to talk to you <laughs> today. And I, I um, Tell us how we can reach you. Oh, so um, I, you can reach me at my email address, which is Helen, H-E-L-E-N, Abelis, A B. E L E S Z at gmail.com. And for those or of you who you don't can... know what Z is, because a lot of Americans yeah. don't know, Z <laughs> is the it's letter Z. Z. <laughs> it took me a while <laughs> to learn that. I know the Canadians who listen probably know, but Americans, that's uh, Abelez, A B E L E S Z. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's okay. Oh, um, or you can um, call me at, um, so it's 9722-992-0263. You can call me. And um, I would love to hear from any of you women out there who would like to find what their mission is in life, who would like to get more organized and use their time more in a more efficient way or who want to raise their self-esteem and feel calmer. I'd love to hear from you and, and I'd love to help you. And thanks Rebecca for inviting me today. Thank you again, Helen. Helen offers a free consultation, which you can set up by going to calendly.com forward slash Helen Ablis. That's calendly K I'm sorry, C A L E N D L Y.com forward slash again, Helen Abeles, A-B-E-L-E-S-Z or Z. Uh, for more information and for life coaching tools, go to her Facebook page, Helen Abeles Life Coaching for Women. And I want you all to remember, I'm signing off for now, but I want you all to remember that for me anyways, my mantra is Hashem keeps me organized or Hashem is taking care of it for me, depending on where I'm having an issue. Also, registration for Conquer Clutter is opening soon. So head over to RebeccaSaltman.com and you can join the waitlist there. And when you do, we'll email you a discount code so that when registration opens in September, you'll be able to save some money to join Conquer Clutter. I also want to ask everybody to please reach out with your questions so that I can do another listener question show. 
Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.